The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link Podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies and exercises to help you gain control over your life with MS using research-driven insights and advice from top industry experts. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. You're sure to feel empowered and inspired after each episode. Ready? Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am going to give you a little bit of tough love today. This is something that is not talked about often enough. And I think it's really important when you have MS and you're working towards literally any movement-based goal. If there's any type of movement that you do throughout the day that you feel is challenging, there's something that is hard to do, but you should be doing in order to improve it. So I'm just going to jump right into that topic today. And I'm calling this topic do the thing that's hard, but I want to explain what I mean and also give you examples so that if you are someone who has difficulty standing up from a low surface or sitting down without plopping down and falling down, or maybe you have difficulty climbing stairs or walking or getting in and out of your car, these daily movements that we do can often be really challenging. So if you align with any of those or can think of any other movements that you do during the day that you want to be a little bit easier, you're going to want to turn the volume up, maybe take some notes or just come back to this episode. So What I want to offer first is that there are so many ways that we can improve our strength, whether that's in our legs or our core or our upper body. And there's also lots of ways that we can improve endurance and balance and speed of movement. And there's no right or wrong way, but as you know, because I've talked about this in other podcast episodes, as well as extensively in my online program, The Missing Link, When you have MS, it needs to be functional movements. Just as a quick recap, functional exercise means picking one of the movements that's hard for you to do and then break it down into as many movements as possible that make up that one big movement. The examples I've given in the past are walking. Walking is actually seven different movements that make up the big act of walking. So you'd want to practice those seven exercises. And that's what a lot of people do, including myself, for people with MS to improve their function. Therefore, you can get stronger and you can get better balance, but sometimes there's not that same carryover. And those are good exercises to be doing. You absolutely should be doing them, but and this is my tough love for you here, we often forget to actually do the thing that's hard. You know, if climbing stairs is really hard for us to do, 
we often avoid climbing the stairs if we can help it. Or if getting into and out of a car is hard to do with good form, we often avoid doing it with good form. We just use our arms to lift our leg and bring it into the car. So you might be doing some of these great exercises to improve your strength and your balance and X, Y, Z, but if you're not actually doing the thing that's hard, then you might not have that same carryover. So when you have MS, it's really important that you do the thing that's hard as an exercise. And I have two principles for you guys. So the first principle I've already said a few times is just to do the thing that's hard, whatever it is. And what I would suggest for this is make a list of all of the things throughout your day that are harder than you'd like it to be. And it could be anything. It could be standing. It could be standing up. It could be cooking. It could be getting dressed, showering, making your bed, coming down the stairs or going up the stairs, or even getting out of bed in the first place. You know, what are all of the things? There's nothing that should be excluded from this list. Every single thing that you can think of that's more challenging than you want it to be. And that's a great list for you to start from. So you'd start with picking one or two things that's hard for you to do. Principle number two is to modify that movement to make it easier because it's hard for a reason. You don't just want to do the thing that's hard with poor quality. For example, if you have difficulty getting out of bed, you don't just want to practice getting out of bed over and over again, but it's with poor quality. You might tweak some muscles, strain some muscles. You might end up with some back pain. So principle number two is to modify it so that it's easier because we want you to have good form. That's how we get neuroplasticity work and that's how we make true change. Okay, so I'm going to give you four of my favorite examples. So the first example I want to talk about is for anyone who has difficulty standing up from a seated position. And this could be standing up from your car. Maybe you're you're getting out of your car and your feet are already on the pavement and you just need to stand up. Or maybe you have difficulty standing up from your couch or difficulty standing up from the toilet, or standing up from your kitchen chair, or standing up from your bed, standing up anywhere. So if this is the thing that's hard for you to do, what you first should do is modify to make it easier. So let's say in this specific example, you have a really difficult time standing up from the toilet, and you just feel unsteady, unbalanced, like you're going to fall backwards. So what you should do is modify to make it easier, meaning practice doing the thing that's hard, practice standing up, but from a higher surface. So if the toilet is too challenging for you to stand up with good strength, then maybe if your bed is a higher surface, try standing up from your bed. So sit at the edge of your bed and practice standing up and sitting down. If you're able to do that with good quality, that should be one of your exercises. Or maybe you have a low bed and that's not actually going to be any different for you, any easier for you than standing up from the toilet. Think about what other surfaces you have in your house that are a little bit taller or a little bit higher that you could practice from. Maybe it's your couch, but with an extra couch cushion underneath your butt. Maybe you've got two couch cushions instead of just one or a pillow. Now, the thing with a couch is that it's squishy. 
and standing up from a squishy surface tends to be harder than a firm surface. So keep that in mind. But maybe you have a chair that's taller or maybe you use a rollator and the rollator seat is higher than any chair or your bed that you have at home. So again, just find a surface that's taller and practice standing up with good form and good quality from that higher surface. As that gets easier, pick a surface that's a little bit lower. You wouldn't want to jump from trying to stand up with good quality from a rollator seat, then immediately go to trying to stand up from the toilet seat. That's a big height difference. So maybe then you would pick a medium height chair or your bed or something that is a little bit lower and keep working your way down. If any Missing Link members are listening to this episode right now, I want you guys to remember that we have a video in the Missing Link called How to Stand Up from a Low Surface and how to sit down without plopping. So you can type that in the search bar in the missing link, or you can go into the category that's called task specific exercises, and you'll find it there. And that is actually a perfect segue to the second activity that I want to talk to you guys about, which is sitting down without plopping. So a lot of people with MS and otherwise have a difficult time standing up from a low surface, but they also have a hard time sitting down without plopping down, without heavily collapsing into your chair. So my tip here is very similar to the tips that I gave to help stand up basically choosing a higher surface. So for this, you're going to practice sitting down with good quality, but practice sitting down on a higher surface. Again, if you practice sitting down on a toilet that's really low, that's gonna be pretty challenging for you to do. So practice sitting down slow and controlled, again, with good form. Form is everything. Alignment is everything when it comes to sitting down without plopping. Do so from a higher surface. A rollator is gonna be a higher surface to sit down so that you won't plop as much. So if you have difficulty sitting down without plopping down, that's what I would suggest is practice sitting down from a higher surface. And as that gets easier, you're going to lower the surface slowly, one surface at a time. My third category that I wanted to offer some advice with is for anyone who has difficulty getting into and out of a car. And what I mean by difficulty is difficulty lifting your leg up and over to bring it into the car, as well as lifting your leg up and over to bring your leg out of the car. And maybe it's just one leg or maybe it's both legs. Also, let's go back to our two principles. The first one being do the thing that's hard. So you wanna practice getting into and out of your car, but principle number two, modify to make it easier. So what ways can we make this specific movement easier? Well, for one, you don't actually need to go out to your car. You absolutely can, but that probably is going to be too challenging for you at first. So what you can do to simulate this movement in your home right now, if you wanted to, is to sit up nice and tall, or maybe even reclined back towards the back of your chair. And all you're going to do is practice lifting up one leg and then lift it out to the side and then lift it back up and bring it back to the center. So you're lifting your leg, bring it out to the side and put it down, then lift your leg up, pull it back to the center and put it down. So it's the same movement over and over again of lifting your leg up, out, down, and then up, 
in and down. This is the same movement that you need in order to get into and out of your car. But because you're not actually sitting in your car trying to get your leg in and out, you can lower the amount that you lift your leg. So you can use a prop here if you want. Maybe you get a tiny little bottle of nail polish and your goal is to lift your leg up and over the nail polish and then up and over and back in towards the center. Or don't use any prop. Just do the best you can to lift up and out, then up and in and practicing this over time. Now, as this gets easier, pick a higher thing. So if you did start with maybe no prop, and that got easier. Then you'll start with a small bottle of nail polish. As that gets easier, you could then pick a salt or pepper shaker. Once that gets easier, you could pick something a little bit higher. So you're getting a little bit higher and higher and higher with each of the props that you use. So that is my best tip for getting in and out of a car. Again, just a quick reminder, if you are a Missing Link member, we have a video in the Missing Link that is called How to Get In and Out of Your Car. And it reviews exactly what I'm talking about. So if you're more of a visual learner and you're a member of the Missing Link, type that in the search bar or go find it in the task-specific exercise category. If you're not a Missing Link member and you do want these, I'll put a link in the show notes where you can learn more about the program, see if it's a good fit for you, and, and then pick which membership option might be best for you. Lastly, if you are someone who has difficulty climbing stairs, let's go back to our two principles here. Principle number one, do the thing that's hard, meaning do the stairs climb the stairs as an exercise. But principle number two is make it easier so that you can have good quality. So if doing the stairs is too challenging and you are unable to take any steps with good quality, then we can make it easier. But if you can do the stairs, maybe just two or three or four stairs with good quality, then practice doing two to four steps with good quality. But if that's impossible, the way that I personally like to modify this for my clients is to practice stepping up onto a book, something that is much smaller than the actual height of a step or a stair. So you're going to stand up nice and tall. You can hold on to something if you want to, or if you need to, just make sure to hold on lightly. And then you're going to lift one leg, doesn't matter which one, but lift the leg up and place it on a book that is on the floor in front of you and then lift the leg up and place it back down on the floor and repeat on the other side. And there are so many different heights of books. You could find a book that is half of an inch raised up from the floor. You could also find a book that's one inch tall from the floor or an inch and a half or two inches or three inches. So start with one that's really low to the ground. And as that gets better, as you get stronger, raise the height of the book slowly over time. And remember, you can use and should use these two principles with anything. So I just wanted to remind us what we talked about back in the beginning of making that list of things that are either impossible for you to do or that are more challenging for you to do than what you'd like. You want it to be easier. So write down that list and try not to feel discouraged. Try not to feel defeated that all of these things are hard for you to do, but rather see it as an opportunity. You are purposefully identifying the things that are hard, and now you're going to come up with a strategy to make them easier. Yes, it's going to take time. Yes, it's going to take neuroplasticity. If you need a refresher on that, we've got podcast episodes on that. But the first step, 
are these two principles we talked about. Number one, do the thing that's hard. And number two, do it by making it easier at first. Modify it to make it easier so that you can practice with good quality. I hope you feel excited to make your list and to start exercising in an intentional way to help you reach these goals. And just as a reminder, I will post a link in the show notes where you can get a glimpse of what the missing link is. You can see a behind the scenes video. And I'll actually also put a Zoom link in the show notes where you can sign up for a behind the scenes call with me. With this option, I can actually show you the program by joining you on Zoom and I'll share my screen with you. And because it's live, I can answer any questions that you might have about the program to see if it would be a good fit for you or not. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am so grateful to have you as a listener. If you'd like extra resources, such as a video of one of my seated exercise classes, my favorite core exercises, and the opportunity to ask me your questions, head to missinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you loved this episode and think a friend or family member with MS would benefit from listening, please go ahead and text or email this podcast to them right now. Sharing this podcast will help me educate and empower as many MS warriors as possible. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link Podcast.